Are you walking on eggshells right now? Are you walking on eggshells to avoid her getting mad at you? Do you feel like you owe her a debt for putting up with you that you can never repay? Are you in jail for the litany of relationship crimes you've committed? Are you? Maybe she's giving you the silent treatment. Maybe she's withholding affection or sex. Maybe you've been kicked out of bed. Maybe you doghoused yourself and decided to sleep on the couch. So there's short-term jail stays and then there's years-long prison stays. And there's also solitary confinement where you're in prison and almost all your rights and privileges are taken away. So what kind of doghouse are you in? Doghouse is not about you and your partner working through your problems. It's about you being emotionally punished, stuck in a cycle of shame and blaming yourself, blaming your partner. You have to look at why. Welcome to the Nice Guy Show. I'm Ari, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Faisal and Chuck. (laughs) 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 Chuck, are you in the doghouse right now? Are you you doing this from the doghouse? I'm not currently doing it from the (laughs) doghouse. Well, actually, I'm a little bit. I'm, I've, I've got dogs over here with me today because my nephew left his, uh, has me watching his dog. So I guess I kind of am in the doghouse, actually, because there's three of us in this room right now. And two of us are dogs, and the other one is in the doghouse. So, yeah, I'm in the doghouse today. How about you guys? I'm not oh, in I'm the doghouse. No, I'm not in the doghouse. I used to be in the doghouse, or I used to get in the doghouse. Yeah, me too. And uh, I saw, I saw a so Faisal, tell, tell, tell us, tell us the last time you were in the doghouse, and, and oh. what, what tends to get you in the doghouse. <laughs> Do you know, it was. It's. I haven't been in the doghouse for a long time. It was very early on. I would say in the relationship, my first toxic relationship. I was walking on eggshells twenty four seven every time. I was so hyper vigilant about anything I did because any move I made seemed to be uh, a wrong move. It was like I couldn't do anything right. My timing was off all the time, according to her. Um, whatever effort I put, it was never enough. And anything I did or any kind of communication I did, it was like there was always something missing, something wrong, or the timing was bad. I just couldn't get it right. And I just, just like every other nice guy, I was trying to figure out what do I need to do? Do I need to do more of something? So I applied, you know, trying to fix the same situation doing the same thing, thinking that I'll, be make, I'll make it better. But it was just the same thing. I just couldn't get in a, a break. Yeah, yeah, I can relate else. to that. Man, I mean, like, I, not anymore. I mean, I think I'm in a great relationship. We have our arguments mm-hmm. and stuff, um, but we can get out of them fairly quickly. But yeah, my first marriage, there was a lot of times where I was kind of in the doghouse Um Similar kind of thing, you know, where you feel like you're walking on eggshells, where you feel like anything you say is going to, you know, you're going to get your face snapped off or you're going to have some type of reaction that, you know, and so pretty soon you just stop doing anything. You just sort of kowtow and you kind of shrink back and you shrink back into the the man cave. I think the man cave can oftentimes be the doghouse. You know, it's where we go when we're feeling like, 
you know, the world is against us and just kind of go into our, go to our cave and hibernate. So I think that that a lot of guys that I work with who've been in relationships, especially long-term relationships, find themselves in this, this position you're talking about, Ari. So absolutely. How about you, Ari? What was, what was your experience? I felt like I was in the doghouse for almost my entire marriage. Uh, even before we got married. So I, I felt like I, I was in doghouse prison, I think. Mm. Um, you know, there were things that I, I did early on. Um, I think, you know, things that were damaging to the relationship. So I, I own that, you know, like I, I questioned her character based on, you know, she'd had some wild teenage years. Um, I was scared of commitment. So I, I struggled with making a commitment to her. Then I struggled with getting married. I was disorganized. I was needy, you know, so, so there were some traits in myself, um, that I needed to work on that I think got me in the doghouse for the, for the long term. And so I spent a lot of my marriage just feeling like she was always irritated with me. You know, a lot of withholding affection, withholding sex. Um, so it, it was painful. Like I, I honestly felt like I lived in the doghouse for years and that I had a debt that I could never repay. Like I always thought about that. Like I, I have so much debt to repay. And if, yeah, if I just do more of this or that, if I could just be more present. That was something I heard a lot. I think that's something men hear more and more these days. You could just be more present, but I didn't know how to get myself out of the doghouse. Um, that that was a, a quandary for me. So, you know, what do you guys think is the way to get out of the doghouse, especially if it's like a long-term doghouse, long-term versus short-term jail bid? Uh, Faisal, you go first. Get the hell out of the compound. <laughs> <That's funny>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, run away. Um, escape. See, escape. Yeah, I mean, that that's what happened was uh, I didn't Dig really know how to get it. Yeah. <laughs> Dig a yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, looking back now when I was in the doghouse and like how Chuck, you described it as well. And Ari described it. You know, she's irritated at me. She's rolling her eyes. She'll give me, she'll be passive aggressive. Give me the silent treatment or make uh, remarks that were cutting or, or, you know, really um, uh, hurtful remarks, but not always addressing it. And I saw myself, you know, sometimes being like this in the relationship as well. So the thing that I discovered was there's two elements. So the first one is, you know, looking at myself, you know, looking at ourselves. And I found that when a man is in a relationship and he's showing up as a boy, he's more likely to be treated like that, to be treated like a pet, to be treated subserviently because he's not showing up as a competent individual, a man. And, and the things I put was if he's weak, if he's incompetent, if he's lazy, if he's uh, insensitive uh, to the relationship, to her and the relationship, he's more likely going to have a woman who's going to start to get 
more verbal about it or get really irritated about it because she's not going to have the capacity, always have the capacity to articulate, hey, wake up, you need to be competent at this. I told you about the you know, bins, the bins need sorting out. Why do I need to tell you to, you know, to sort this out? And when guys, when I didn't have such situational awareness of what needed to be done, when I wasn't leading, that, that was the biggest problem because she was telling me things to do like a child. That's what got me in the doghouse. And that's where I realized was after my breakup, after my divorce, I needed to be more competent as a man all around as a leader to get out the doghouse. And from that, that was my transformation. I went from the doghouse to the powerhouse. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Sign, sign me up. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I think you're saying that being in the doghouse can be a good learning experience. If, if you're you conscious. to learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. If, and you, I, the thing is, you do need some help and, and support because it's just a, a signal. And the second part uh, was that you might be in a relationship with someone who's got real dysfunctional issues that both of your issues can't, uh, you can't work them out. So there's, there's that part as well. And also then she might have really unrealistic expectations. So this, there's that work as well. It's not just all on you, but obviously take ownership, become competent lead, but also does she have unrealistic expectations? Has she done some work? Is she projecting a lot of stuff onto you? Has she got unresolved issues that she needs to work on? So there's two elements here. I think, yeah, I think one of the things you're saying is that if, if she's putting you in the doghouse, um, there, there's probably not real problem solving going on. You're, you're not doing something to work through it. Um, now that, that could be just, uh, good people, um, at their worst, but it could be a sign that one or both of you don't have some relationship skills that you need. Yeah. Chuck, yeah. What, do you, what do you think? Well, I'm going to give you some, give all the guys out there some really, really helpful advice. All right. Which is don't get in the doghouse in the first place. You know, avoid the pitfalls before you ever get to that place. And, and I, I say that's kind of tongue in cheek because I realize the guys that are in relationships for a really long time, that's not really helpful advice for them. But the point is that, you know, uh, Dr. Sean Smith, who wrote Gatekeeper and the Tactical Guide to Women, he, he points out that men will do more research on upgrading their computer than they will on picking a mate. <laughs> and I think that that's probably one of the most important things. And the guys that I coach with that are single right now, it's like, guys, you have to pick a really good woman and you can't do that in two weeks you know you've got to you've got to put some time and some effort in to figure out where where she's at what kind of character she has i think the it second takes three week, weeks right three, three weeks, weeks. Yeah, yeah three weeks then you can get then you can move <laughs> it um and then i think if you're in a relationship it's really really difficult to turn that ship it can be done with a lot of work but it can only be done if you're partner is conscious and you're conscious and you both really see and take responsibility for where you've showed up and how you've co-created the relationship. And as Faisal was saying, if she's unable to do that, you know, 
really it's like you've got you've got to dig that tunnel you've got to escape you've got to get out of that toxic relationship um so many guys are um entangled in their relationships that they struggle and they're stuck and they can't feel like that they can't you know they can't get out of that and i think that having gone through being divorced and then being in a relationship with somebody now my that i in hindsight i could see that first marriage was broken there was just no fixing that and this marriage even though i didn't do it you know as skillfully i really waited and made some good decisions along the way before we ever decided to get married and then i noticed he skipped over his second marriage yeah right yeah well that one was that was like a second long so that one that one didn't, yeah hey they practice marriages Come on, marriage. Marriage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um but but what i was saying is that setting some boundaries up front and good habits and communication skills and working on the relationship up front you're you're going to be more successful at that in a new relationship i believe than you will one that's already entrenched and entangled that's just it can be done but it's just really really difficult so yeah. i i think it's it's a bit preemptive um and and here's the thing you were referring this as kind of like a debt feeling like you're in debt right and that feeling of being in debt is a burden you feel heavy why would you want to be in a relationship where you're burdened where everything feels really heavy i mean life's too short to be in a shitty relationship is my motto 100 yeah i totally i love everything you just said and and i like the the proactiveness i mean i think that's one of the take-homes for me is that you know if, if you're in the doghouse there's sort of an assumption that you don't have control over the state of your relationship. You know, um, we want men to feel empowered. And I actually think that in a lot of ways, we got to take ourselves out of the doghouse. It's not something that hmm. a woman or a partner can, can do for us. Is that it doesn't mean that we don't hurt women's feelings or, or make mistakes. And, and sometimes even big mistakes, but ult ultimately we don't want to participate in this type of relational dynamic. You know, th that's one of the take homes for me. So I, I think what I, what I learned, um, from my marriage is, is that, um, I, I was, I was looking for that dynamic, you know, that, that, that was actually, you know, what Sean T Smith, another plug for him is, he calls it an organizing principle. You know, th this is basically how we um, usually unconsciously decide to be in a relationship. So my organizing principle was that I'm kind of a, a shitty guy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrating, I'm needy, I'm self-absorbed, I'm not real competent at many things in life. I mean, not now, now I'm perfect, but, um, <laughs> back then, you know, my twenties, that this is how I looked at myself and that I need someone who's going to see me 
and all these bad parts of me. I didn't feel like my parents could do that. I didn't feel like some of the other women that I had dated could see me clearly. And that was actually a reason that I got into the relationship with, with my ex is that I felt like, okay, she's going to call me out for my shit. Um, so I did, I did appreciate that. And I think in a lot of ways, that's a good trait, but it, it was also playing out something for me where I, I needed someone to see me as bad. Like that was important for me. It was something that I actually wanted in a relationship. It's not something that I want nowadays, you know, cause I, I value myself and, and look at myself differently. But you, you know, if I went in to the relationship with that as an organizing principle, I was bound to experience the doghouse because I, I expected to be in the doghouse. I wanted someone to put me in the doghouse. I wasn't going to get out until I was ready to start viewing myself differently and asking for something different from a partner. So, so did you view the, view the doghouse as a, as a place of like, Hey, you're going to get challenged. You're going to get pushed. Uh, or was it like, it's time for you to, you know, to be squeezed so you can really then, you know, sort your shit out. <laughs> That's, you, know, you know, because I was, I was thinking about, uh, is the doghouse her way of saying, solve this, become, grow up, solve this, or end the relationship? Is it her indirect way of saying, you know, sort this shit out like a man or end this relationship and be done with it? Maybe. I think, you know, it's probably not all the same thing for all people, you know, for, for some women, it might be really kind of sort this, this out. And probably for my ex, it was, and she could see over time that I wasn't becoming enough of the man that she wanted. I wasn't figuring out how to lead. Eventually I did, but it was too late. Um, but for other women, it could be that you know, they're used to kind of a toxic dynamic from their childhood. And this is what they expect. And they're not really expecting more from a partner. Um, so I, I think there, there's probably different underlying unconscious. Um, yeah, I can see I can see how styles. Yeah, I can see how the doghouse so coming. It's a uh, as Susan Anderson says uh, in her book about abandonment, she says, you know, we go through a cycle of abandonment, engulfment, abandonment, engulfment. And that's what something similar to the doghouse, you know, you get in the doghouse, you're abandoned, and then you're like, oh, we're back together again, let's make up. And then you're engulfing each other. And then back in the doghouse is a, a cycle of abandonment, engulfment. And she says, you know, abandonholics, people who really um, have abandonment issues like the swing, you know, they go from one pendulum to the other pendulum. So maybe it's a, it's a pendulum that's playing out for both of you with being in the doghouse and coming out of the doghouse and going back in the doghouse. So it just made me think of that. Do you, do you think um, the doghouse is generally just women putting men in the doghouse, like, like that they're the, uh, the dog owner or the, um, or is it equally men putting women in the doghouse? I think that there's uh, definitely, I mean, it's, it's true that men will, you know, there's going to be dominant abusive men that put women in the doghouse and they're going to feel stuck. Um, but I think to your point earlier, we actually put ourselves in the, 
the doghouse, or at least we keep ourselves in the doghouse. And it's sort of a classic fable of the prisoner who's behind bars and he has a stick and on the ground outside of the cage is a loaf of bread and the keys to, to free himself. And he, he chooses the bread over the keys. Now from the outside perspective, you can go, well, that's just crazy. Why would he do that? But that's what so many of us do is we'll, we'll take the breadcrumbs, you know, over the freedom. And it is crazy. But I think that we keep ourselves stuck in the doghouse by either not having the communication skills to go out and talk to her and, you know, settle whatever conflicts going on, or um, she's unable to have that. And I think it's up to us to take the responsibility for getting ourselves out of the doghouse. And the way that we do that is we have to learn skill sets. And one of the skill sets that's important, if you're going to be in a relationship, you damn well better learn some communication skills because if you're not studying communication and how to communicate, you're going to be in a relationship where it's going to be really, really difficult. And you have to, you also have to learn to set boundaries. You know, what are you going to tolerate? What you won't tolerate? And you have the keys. You have the ability to leave that relationship and so I think the third thing you need to have is you need to have a set of balls to be able to say like, yeah. yeah, this isn't okay. And I'm worth more and I refuse to be treated like this. That being said, it's easier said than done. However, I think learning those skill sets of communication skills, uh, internal regulation skills, and then making your needs a priority. That's All right. Let, let I mean, that's excellent, but okay, for the guy listening to this who whose partner hasn't talked to him for two days, um, who's just been fr freezing him out like that, um, how does he break through that? How does he get through to her if, if he... He says, hey, sweetheart, can we sit down? I need to talk to you. And he does it in a gentle, composed way. I've noticed that over the last couple of days, you haven't been talking to me. You've been ignoring me. You won't make eye contact with me. I feel disconnected from you. And I'm wondering, are you feeling that too? And I want to know what's going on. And then he sits in silence and waits. And she'll either answer him or she'll continue to be cold. You know? But that's the first start. I think you have to break through that ice. You have to call out the elephant in the room, which is, hey, I see what's going on here. Because if you don't do that, then you're ignoring it. That's what what I call that is. No, don't call her an elephant. Don't call Just her call an elephant. Call out. Call the, <laughs> the elephant. Yeah, you'll get yourself in the doghouse further by calling her an elephant. <laughs> yeah, what's it going <laughs> <laughs> I'm talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But, You're back on the safari. <laughs> I think you have to sit down with her and say, like, in a loving, generous, centered way that's coming from a place of collaboration as opposed to coming from a place of accusation. Yeah. I love that. 
It's so it's so uh, powerful. And I believe that men have to back it up as well. So if you are going to take that leadership, perfectly uh, articulated, Chuck. And also the guy's got to have the, like you said, he's got to have the communication skills, he's got to have the boundaries, and then he's also got to have the balls. If he lacks those three things that he needs within himself, him going for the communication, asking for that, it's going to be futile. And I see that a lot of guys, they have the right intention. I've had some married guys who said, you know, Faisal, I need, I need to help with this. I want to be more attracted to women, to, you know, to my wife, and I want to be more charismatic to her. I want to be, you know, more desirable. She doesn't want me anymore. And they start to do the surface level things, but they can't back it up. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's the part that they haven't done. This is, you know, what we're teaching here is, you know, you back it up as well. Like you said, with communication, boundaries, balls. I love that list. Where do you find balls? How do you build those? Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just order yourself a set, Ari. You someone else. <laughs> what, what did you say? Oh, yeah, it's a, it is a good question, though. How, how do you build balls? And I... This is something a lot of nice guys struggle so with. So building bigger balls. That's a, yeah, yes. You got to have you got the balls to come out of the building bigger balls. Big, there we go. No, but it's a good question though, and I think here's something that will really help the guys as well. Start to do something small, incremental that requires balls. So, for example, one of the things I teach guys to do every single day, <laughs> right? <laughs> Listen. You, you gotta go to the doghouse, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> so something that the guys can help to get some, you know, courage is to think about that: Am I stepping into courage, or am I stepping into cowardice? And then ask themselves the question: Is if in this moment I had more courage, if I could step into courage, what would I say? How would I act? What would I do? What would I look like? And just by building that awareness, by being into courage rather than cowardice, it gives us a bit of an insight into what we can do. And then, again, backing that up. So that's step one, just recognizing cowardice or courage. And I think along with that, recognizing that to be courageous is an act of love. To be assertive is an act of love. That you're doing these things from a position of love. I love you too much to let you get away with this shit. And I love myself too much to tolerate it. And I think when you come with that attitude, that it's coming from a place of love, that that boldness then also creates that leadership, which is, I think, part of what she's craving from you. I think part of part of her withdrawing is a bit of a shit test to see, can you handle me? Are you going to be able to deal with me? And I think when you come with it, it when you either ignore it or you come with it, with dominance, you failed the shit test. But I think if you come with compassion, love, and a desire for collaboration, and you lead that conversation, you know, and it starts with, hey, babe, can we talk? And then what you want to do is you want to follow up with everything that you're observing, not accusing her of these things, but this is what I'm seeing. And then you, you know, how are, how are you feeling? I'm feeling disconnected with you. And then you end it with the question of, how about you? And that's going to build that collaboration. Um, that's going to build, that's going to put her in a, a softer position to know that you're coming out from a place of strength, not dominance, but strength. I'm going to hold frame. I'm going to sit here 
and I'm going to listen to what you have to say. Chuck, Chuck is masterful at this. Mic drop. Chuck, are you I single? Know, right? I'm not. Are you single? <laughs> is there? Do you, are you in? Are you looking for a fourth wife? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm he's sorry. been in the doghouse so yeah. many times. He's got the practice yeah. had to come out. I'm, I'm about so, to get him uh, back in the doghouse. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be so, Ari, what's, what are your takeaways for uh, getting out of the doghouse as well? Well, I think one of the the main ones that I came up with, and I think we we've, we've been talking about, is that it's it's our responsibility to take ourselves out of the doghouse. Like we're we're actually we're deciding to be in the doghouse. It's, it's scary to do something differently, to participate differently in your relationship. It takes courage to take, it takes balls, but this is actually what's, what's necessary to get you something different. So, you know, uh, own, own, you know, the mistakes that you make, but don't play out the doghouse. Don't play out that dynamic. Um, and stop apologizing. Stop using those weak, nice guy types of solutions. They don't get you out of the doghouse. You know the the the, the endless apologies, the people pleasing. You know it, it's it's just it doesn't work. Um, what are some of the takeouts for you, Faisal? Uh, you guys have covered it really well. I love the fact of communication, taking responsibility, also keeping your word. A lot of times that the nice guys do get into the, the doghouse is that they never follow through. They're, yeah, I'll do this. I do this. You know, there's a really good quote. If it's a maybe, then say no, but don't say maybe. So really, if you say something, you can do something, do it. And also do it without having to be always asked for. So learn social and, you know, emotional, just learn awareness. And I, I see this in my in my kids as well. And I'm saying, you know, I'm teaching my boys. I'm saying, just pick up the clues. See what's going on. Just be self-aware. This is one of the things that I realized after my divorce, I was very passive. You know, I was, I was waiting for, waiting to be told what to do. So I wasn't really the king of the castle. If you're the king of your castle, you're not going to be in the doghouse because you're competent in all realms of your life. You're competent in all areas. So what I see myself is when I was in, like I run my house and I run it incredibly well because I'm on top of things. Where I was in the relationship, I was very lazy. I was expecting her to sort this out. I'll leave it to you. I'll leave it to you. I'll leave it to you. I, you know, uh, deferred a lot to her. So, you know, now, and I see that my kids, you know, they wait for me. It, it was a very, it becomes very much of a parent-child relationship. As soon as you're in that dynamic, you are going to be in the doghouse. She's going to tell you off constantly. So as soon as you get in the parent-child dynamic, that's where Become the king rather than the, the king's dog. That's right. If, if, you run, if you run your own house, you can't go into the doghouse. Exactly. Yeah, she's yeah. going to respect you. Yeah, if she's putting in the doghouse, she loses instant respect for you. And I think it'll be really hard for men to reclaim that respect back if you're constantly going in the doghouse. She'll see you as a child. She'll be like, you're such an incompetent. But that has dynamic has to change. If it doesn't, there is not going to be any respect. Chuck, Chuck what are your take-homes? Well, are you said something at the beginning of this. You said, 
your wife was always complaining about your lack of presence. And here's what she means by that. The interpretation is she's not saying your presence. She's saying your leadership, your lack of leadership. I need you to lead. Okay. I need you to come into the room, sit me down and have a conversation. Tell me what's going on. I need you. Your presence is you're here and you're leading. So much like in a dance, you know, one person is leading the dance. I need you. So if you just stand there and neither one of you leads, you know, she's like, okay, this isn't any fun. I can't feel you. But if you go in and you interpret the word presence, just exchange that out for leadership. I think that's what she's really wanting and craving in that moment. That's right. Pre presents are not gifts like flowers or chocolate. No, <laughs> you're not <laughs> Santa Claus. All right. But your leadership yeah. is. I love that. Your yeah. leadership. I love that. So, so point yeah. I, I wish, I wish you'd been there when I was in the doghouse, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a tree. Get him out. <laughs> Here's a tree. Here's a present. Scratch you behind the ear. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I do here. <laughs> 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 um, uh, this was a great conversation, guys. I love this. Uh, be here next week where we're going to teach you how to grow bigger balls. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for showing up. Uh, don't forget to, to like us and subscribe and listen and tell you, tell your, uh, your wife and your mothers about our show. So you, can, you can be in the doghouse after they listen to it. You listen to this crap. <laughs> this is the best place to listen to, right? Yeah. The doghouse. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the Nice Guys Show, the podcast that helps nice guys move past their insecurities and fears into the fullness of their masculine strength and confidence. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and check out the website, niceguyshow.com for more information on how to connect with Chuck and Faisal. Until next time, keep living your best life. <laughs>